In October of 2020, I took a solo trip to the Smoky Mountains and spent four days hiking and sleeping in the camper van that I rented. It was an absolutely amazing trip. After one of my hikes, I was sitting by a river, listening to the water, deep in meditation, communing with my ancestors and spirit guides, and I felt my grandmother's presence. My grandmother became an ancestor about 20 years ago, and to this day, she continues to be an integral part of my life. She visits me in my dreams. We talk. She has helped guide me through some really rough moments in my life. She is truly and the epitome of my fairy grandmother. So when I was sitting by the river and feeling her presence, it was nothing new to me. But what was new and different was feeling the presence of my great-grandmother as well. Now, I've never met my great-grandmother, but I've heard wonderful stories about her. I was curious as to why I was feeling these women together in that moment of deep reflection. And as with anything that comes across my life and gives me pause, I went into a meditation to remove all external distractions and connect with their energy and listen to whatever message they had to share with me. What immediately came into focus when I closed my eyes was my middle name. I carry my grandmother and great-grandmother's names in my name. As the story was told to me, when I was born, my grandmother made it very clear to my mother that I was not going to leave that hospital until her name was a part of my name. When my grandmother was alive, I never asked her why she was so insistent on me carrying her name, but suddenly in this moment, some 40 years later, I was able to connect with her and feel why this was so important to her. And the answer was healing. My name is like a portal, a window into the future, the past, the present. My grandmother in her deep wisdom gave me her name so that as I heal and grow and expand in my spiritual journey, she in turn would be able to heal her pain. And since I also have my great grandmother's name, I'm healing her as well. That's what this episode is going to dive into, healing through time. Hello, and welcome to I'm In Here, a space all about spirituality, healing and awakening for black women, inclusive of women of trans experience, as well as gender non-conforming and non-binary people of color. Here I share tools and skills that have helped me along my spiritual and personal journey, and hopefully you will find some value in the information for your own journey to grow, heal, and align with your higher self. My name is Kendall, and I thank you for joining me. We hear so much about generational trauma and ancestral trauma, and what I want to talk about is generational healing and how that process begins and how to navigate it. You don't have to go digging to find the pain and trauma that your family of origin and your ancestors carried, because that's all inside of you. By taking the time and giving yourself the space to heal, you are healing generations that came before you and even the generations that will come after you. One of the pieces that we can begin to look at in our own healing through time practice is discernment. Knowing what is yours and what is not yours. That's not to say that if something's not yours that you need to discard it or ignore what's there. I like to look at it as an invitation to go underneath and see what's at the core. And you may be asking, why is it important to discern your pain from the pain that you inherited? 
Sometimes being able to distinguish between a historical pattern and your own safety strategy arms you with knowledge that can help determine which mode of healing is best for that pain that you're trying to release. If you're dealing with a historical pattern, you may want to look at a more natural and holistic way of healing in addition to some more modernized tools like therapy. Rituals are a really great practice for that. And when I say ritual, some people have all kinds of interesting ideas of what that is based off of things that they read or heard about. But a ritual can be anything. Brushing your teeth is a ritual. Drinking a cup of coffee every morning is a ritual. Rituals can be things that you do on a regular, consistent basis. They can also be things that you do randomly for a specific purpose at a specific time. Creating a ritual around healing and removing pain, whether that pain be in the present or from our past, is a practice that I have been doing more recently. Sometimes my rituals can be elaborate with candles, instruments, and dancing. Other times my rituals can be small, like walking in the grass and humming a song. The structure of the ritual is less important than the intention and what you want the outcome to be. Going back to the example that I gave of my great-grandmother and my grandmother and feeling their presence, because I happened to be sitting next to fast-moving water, I used that opportunity to release whatever was coming up. I'll share with you what I did, and maybe it can give you some ideas of what you can do for yourself whenever you feel motivated to create a healing ritual. I meditated, as I mentioned earlier, and after the meditation, I cupped my hands together, kind of like if I was going to gather water and drink it from my hands, but I didn't drink it. Um, With my hands cupped together, I placed them in front of my mouth and spoke some words. I can't remember what I said exactly, but the sentiment was around giving gratitude for these women. I recognized their pain and said that I was sorry that they experienced such heartache. I honored their resilience and the joy that they were able to find and share with their loved ones. I said their names repeatedly and thanked them for laying the foundation for me to live the life that I am living now. After I felt complete and had nothing left to say, I placed my hands in the cold, very cold water of the river and imagined that I was releasing their pain and trauma. I visualized it floating down the river, being taken by the current, and then being absorbed into the soil and turned into food for the plants, trees, and the animals. After my moment by the river, I sat and journaled my feelings. I let my stream of consciousness flow and wrote whatever was coming up, words, feelings, body sensations. For the next couple of days, both my grandmother and great-grandmother were in the forefront of my mind and I allowed whatever I was feeling to come up and out. There were times that I cried and sometimes that I was able to stop and feel pure joy. I didn't question why these feelings were surfacing or judge myself for feeling bad one minute and then happy the next. I simply took deep breaths and let my feelings move through without any constriction. As you embark on this healing journey, you may find yourself in moments of deep emotion that may not match your present moment. You could be in a space in your life where you are loved and feel safe, but you notice that you continually feel unloved and unsafe. This can be signals that there are some feelings, memories, and a pocket somewhere that have yet to see light. They need to come up and out to dissolve into the air and make space for light to enter. Maybe these feelings are from your past that you have yet to transmute. 
Healing through time isn't only applicable to your ancestors, it's also a way for you to heal your own life. Once you have sifted through your emotions to determine what is yours and what is not, and you notice that many of the emotions that you're feeling are coming from your own past, you can begin to get curious about connecting with that part of yourself that needs healing. We can experience painful events in our lives that can keep us emotionally stuck in that time. So while we may look like adults walking around, adulting, doing adulting things, we can actually be a younger part of ourselves that wasn't able to process an experience or emotion from our childhood. We are responding as that 5, 8, 10, 13 year old self and we will continue responding from that place until we are able to face what we weren't able to at that age. Discernment is valuable, but judgment is harmful. There's no need to judge yourself for feeling all these emotions. Most of the time, we aren't even aware that they're still in there, hiding out and tucked away. But the moment we're able to become aware of our stuck childhood feelings, we can then begin the process of letting them go. Judging yourself only leads to shame and guilt, and we do not want that. We want transparency with ourselves, grace, compassion, and patience. It took you time to create, build, and maintain these emotional walls to protect yourself, so naturally it will take time to bring those walls down. Go easy on yourself. I'll share with you some of the practices that I've been doing that, for this moment in time, are helping me address my inner child wounds. First and foremost, I have an amazing therapist who I've been working with for nearly a year and a half now, and I cannot stress enough how important therapy is. Find a therapist who can help you work through all of your emotional history and make sure that you feel comfortable with them. It will be hard to do the challenging work if you don't want to open up and be vulnerable with your therapist. If you don't feel comfortable sharing, try and talk with your current therapist if you have one about why that is. I have learned the hard way about dropping therapists under the guise that I feel uncomfortable when in reality I'm avoiding talking about the hard stuff. For a period of time, I would jump from therapist to therapist as a way to keep myself from not getting deep and doing the work. Once I got real with myself, stopped running away, I was able to be open and express how hard it is for me to share deep-seated emotions and show my vulnerability. If this sounds familiar to you, try to stick it out with your therapist and practice being vulnerable. If you don't have a therapist, I'll share some resources in the show notes that you can look through and find someone you can talk to. In addition to therapy and ritual work, a practice that I found beneficial and transformative was writing letters to myself. Let's say that there would be a moment of anxiety that I would feel. After taking some time to determine if this emotion belonged to me, I was able to trace the feelings back to their inception. Once I could establish that a certain emotion was tied to a certain age, I could write a letter to myself addressed to little Kendall at that particular age. I acknowledged her pain and her resilience. I let her know that while I understood why she was feeling what she was feeling, she was no longer in danger and did not need to protect herself because we are safe. I'm safe in that moment. I also spent time with my younger self in less stressful moments. I would do certain activities that I loved to do when I was a kid, like coloring, riding my bike, or going for a hike. 
and I would visualize myself at a certain age and invite her to join me in these activities. Sometimes I had an actual picture of my younger self close at hand so that I could look at the picture while I was coloring or maybe watching cartoons or something like that. This practice of connecting to your younger self can bring up a lot of stuff if you haven't started doing some of the heavy lifting in your healing yet. This is why I recommend having a professional that you can talk to because as we begin to unearth these emotions, memories, and belief systems that have been buried and that we have been holding on to for so long, you're going to need some support. And not just a good friend that you can talk to, though that can also be helpful, Really having someone who can walk alongside you in your pain, not take it on or tell you how to be or feel and can give you the tools that work best for you in your healing is ideal. And here's the thing about time. It's pliable. Though we experience time as linear in our bodies, you're born, we grow up and then we die. There's actually no distinction between past, present and future. It's the reason why you can listen to a song from your past and be immediately transported back to the sights, smells, feelings of that time. And as we expand this topic of healing through time, I mean, it's really just healing, period, full stop. (laughs) Do you remember when you were a kid and you said to yourself, I am never going to do X, Y, Z like my parents or caregivers when I get older and then you become an adult and find yourself doing and or saying the very same things you swore you would never do when you were a kid? Yeah, (laughs) because all of it is energy and it is present in the now. So there's no distinction of this happened in the past or this is the present or this is something going to be in the future. All we know is energy. It keeps moving and it keeps changing and transforming. And as you begin to heal the things that were painful from your past, you heal the generations that come after you, whether you're a parent or not, it doesn't matter. The very fact that you can stand and face into your pain creates a ripple effect that goes out from you to other folks around you and they can feel that change. We all help to elevate each other and heal each other. So I want to come back to the story about my grandmother and great-grandmother and I want to share with you what this experience has been like for the past six or seven months for me. And in a nutshell, it's been challenging (laughs) to say the least. Um, One of the things that I know that has been passed down to me is resiliency. There's a tenacious spirit that runs through all the women in my family. I see it so clearly. In a way, it felt as though this moment by the river that I had was a time where I was being thankful for that resilience And the gift that I was giving in return was compassion and healing and stillness. I'm thinking of that now, or I'm reflecting on that now. I didn't think of it in that time, in that moment. But as I sit with it now, I feel as though there was an exchange of energy that happened. My grandmother and great-grandmother, as resilient, as powerful as they were, 
there were just certain things that they did not have access to that I now have access to. I could feel myself standing shoulder to shoulder with them and saying, come along with me, join me in these new tools that I have now that I want to share with you. It was kind of like being a kid and like, oh, look at these new toys that I got and you want to come play with me? That's what it felt as I reflect back on that time, that trip. In my own healing, in my own time of reflection and connecting with my younger self to transmute some of the the pain and to let those walls down, I've realized that I can share those tools. I can share all of these skills, these new practices that I've learned with people that are on other dimensions across space and time. There's no barrier to the healing that I'm experiencing and the healing that my grandmother and great-grandmother are experiencing also right now. There's also no barrier to the healing that my children will experience later on down the line. But I'm not even thinking (laughs) into the future I'm only focusing right now on the present. And in this present moment, there's an awareness that as I move forward and as I expand myself and stand more firm and confident in who I am, I can share that with some of the women in my family who didn't feel that same sense of power who felt that they didn't have the agency, that they didn't have the voice, that they weren't seen. And just in these little moments, in these times, I can recognize them, I can see them, and I can say, I see you and I thank you. And as a thank you gift, as a parting gift, let's heal together. Let's stand together and let's, let's let it go. I haven't created a ritual for healing since that time by the river. I've mostly been listening and being receptive. When my grandmother and my great-grandmother come to me in my dreams, I make sure to write it down. When I wake up in the morning, whatever information, whatever I can recall, I put it all in a notebook and I save it so that I can revert back to whatever that information is. And maybe at some point I'll read it and something will spark in me and will say, oh, this is a piece of wisdom that I can understand from this dream. I can decipher and decode the messages that they were trying to send to me. We are constantly in communication now. And sometimes I feel as though I don't know where I end And they begin. And at times that worries me a little bit because I think I should have a little bit more (laughs) clear lines and delineation of, okay, this this is my stuff and I know that this is mine and this is yours. That's Virgo in me to just want to kind of be a little bit more analytical about it. But I've realized that I am not taking on extra stuff 
I'm not taking on things that I'm adding already to my plate. These were already on my plate from the moment that I was born. Now I'm just recognizing, oh, this is all of my plate. I see now the whole buffet laid out before me where I was only focused on one small portion. Now I can see the whole tapestry all together going far back, further than I even have any awareness or or knowledge of, but I have bodily knowledge of it. And I can stretch myself into spaces and dimensions and times that I may not be aware of in this body, in this now, but some part of me is connected in some other place across the universe from the past into the future. I have access to all of that right now. I have access to all of that healing, that resilience, that joy, that pleasure, that love right now. And the only thing that was keeping me from accessing that was just being able to let those walls down being able to be seen in my own pain, see myself in my own pain. And now that I'm able to do that, in addition to all of these tools that I have, therapy, acupuncture, energy healing, I can now go back in time and I can say, hey, grandma, great grandma, guess what? I got this really cool thing that I want to show you and I want to give this as a gift to you. I want to share this with you. Let's do this together. Let's walk shoulder to shoulder in our healing together. And I know that I'm not alone in it. And they know that they're not alone in it because I'm there with them. I want to share with you one little quick story before I finish up. I was talking to my mom about this whole healing through time. And I was sharing with her about connecting with my great grandmother who she's had a lot of time with she spent a lot of time with her grandmother and I was telling her how in this time in these moments that I would feel some sadness that I would cry or that feel very angry and I would breathe and I would just kind of like be still but I would feel the emotion I would I would feel all of it her response was well you you know you don't have to feel it you don't have to take it on. You can, she gave me different examples of things that I could do to kind of be aware of the sensation and the emotions, but I guess not to fully feel the sadness or fully feel the anger. As much as I could understand what she was saying, right in that conversation, that was when I noticed, oh, this right here is the pattern. And I'm breaking it right now. By not feeling it, it gets stuffed and pushed and silenced. And then it just keeps going and it builds and it builds and it builds over time. Like I said, I'm not taking anything on that's new. It's already there. It's already in my body. So if I need to cry and let it out, that's because it has to come out. And now... I can see, particularly in that small conversation that I had with my mother, just how deeply ingrained it has been for us to not share our pain, to not express it, 
to keep it down because we were afraid of it, because other people were afraid of it, because we didn't have the space or time to even express it, whether individually or collectively. But now here I am. I have the ability to express this pain. And to me, that is a gift. That is a gift. Wow, this has been quite a journey. And as with all of the topics that I share here on this podcast, we will revisit this again because this is an ongoing journey. And I will probably explore this a little bit more in depth as it relates to me being now the parent and parenting my children and how some of those patterns and some of those wounds show up in my parenting. That's a whole other thing. We'll get into that in another episode. And those are things that I'm just starting to now notice and be aware of. But one thing at a time. We're not tackling everything all together at the same time. We're going as easily and as patiently, as slowly as we possibly can. We don't want to overload the system. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed talking about this and sharing my my story and sharing this information with you. I hope some of this resonated. If you feel that it did, I really want to hear from you. Let me know what you think, if there's anything in here that feels similar to your story, similar to your journey. If you are able to connect with your pain, your childhood pain, your little little person. And if you're able to connect with some of the things that um, you've felt ancestrally, not just for the people that have passed on, but some of the people that may still be in your life right now. I'm curious to hear some of that, and I would love for you to share that with me. My email will be in the show notes, in the episode notes, so you can check that out. And I hope that you come back and listen to some more of I'm In Here. I'm In Here is produced and edited by me, Kendall. The intro music was also created by me. You can find my wellness business, In Her Power, on Instagram at inher underscore power or on Twitter at inherpower. You can email me with any questions, concerns, ideas, thoughts that you may have. My email address is kendall, K-E-N-D-A-L, at inherpower.space. To help support me in continuing to bring you some great content, I invite you to become a patron. Please make sure you review, share, and subscribe to this podcast.